Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio. I'm your, no, never mind, I'm not your host. I'm going to pass this off to your host this week, everyone's friend, Joel Luckup. How are you today, Joel? Yeah, let's get this clear. Chad's being lazy this week, so I'm going to run the show. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, Here's the thing. The Reds are are not a good team, and we kind of reached this this low point in, um, you know, the team's history that we haven't really reached in the last, I don't know, say five or six years, uh, seven, eight, I don't know. The direction of the team is not in a direction that we're particularly happy with. So we're going to do things a little bit differently uh, today and flip the switch, and I am going to uh, run things here, and I'm going to ask Chad some questions rather than the other way around. How do you like that, Chad? I'm a little nervous about it, frankly. You're going to expose my lack of knowledge about the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, Chad, who is third on the team in strikeout? No, I'm kidding. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, come on now, man. You're already making me look bad. Are you there? Hello. You know what? They, they put these mute buttons on these headphones, and they put them in the most uh, – like the spot where your arm always likes to rest. Sorry about that. Uh, well, you're some host, Joel. I know. Coming out with a bang. Uh, we're, I, I was going to say, Todd Frazier is third on the team in strikeouts. And so speaking of Todd Frazier, uh, we are recording this on Sunday evening, and uh, we just got some excellent news about Todd Frazier. He will be starting the All-Star game here in Cincinnati as the third baseman. Uh, he turns out he had quite a dominant, dominant lead uh, over Matt Carpenter, uh, over 2 million votes more than Carpenter, which is pretty cool. Uh, and it says a lot about how motivated Reds fans can be when you just ask them to do something, don't you think? Oh, well, absolutely. I think it's just amazing. That, that blew my mind. I thought that Frazier would get there given the direction the voting had been going the last few weeks. And every time the new uh, results came out, Frazier had been inching closer and closer to Matt Carpenter and, and obviously deserved to be the starter. So I felt like we sort of had the, uh, you know, uh, we're on the side of good and pure here. We, we actually we actually had the guy who really deserved to start, for the, you know, for one. Right. And um, and then you, you know the Reds sort of got behind it, and you got to give. Uh, you know, I tweeted it out a moment ago. Lisa Braun uh, with the Reds, just she's the, the sort of uh, social media genius, and and Reds fans stepped up to the plate. And I thought that Frazier would would win. I thought that he would get the starting nod. I just sort of had felt like that was a. Uh, uh, you know, inevitability, but wow, almost 2.1 million votes ahead of Carpenter. I didn't see that coming. I mean, I think it's just a real testament to, uh, even in this year that's been a little difficult to uh, endure so far, to what Reds fans can do when they're motivated a little bit. I, I'm happy about it, really excited to see Frazier getting the start at uh, at Great American Ballpark here in a week and a half. In fact, he was the third highest vote total in the National League, which is pretty impressive given the fact that, you know, he, he wasn't even the leader a week ago uh, in, at his own position, and he was 2 million votes behind about uh, three weeks ago. So, you know, that that's really goes to show, um, you know, if there's one thing that I think the Reds do very well is I think they, they handle, for the most part, they handle social media very well, and they know how to use that in order to empower their fans. Uh, and they do things like the Vote Reds lunch, uh, which was really kind of the Vote Frazier lunch, but they do that kind of stuff because they know it's important to fans to see their their own you know their favorite players out there on the field and uh by doing you know doing that kind of stuff you get these positive results which is nice to see it is good to see you know i mean we're we're excited about the all-star game anyway getting a chance to showcase the city 
and uh, and all the great things about Cincinnati. But it's you know if we hadn't had a, a guy in the starting lineup, you know we would have survived. Yeah. And I and I imagine honestly, I imagine that if Matt Carpenter had been the starter, uh, he probably would have played three innings or, or so, and then Frazier would have been brought in for the remainder of the game because you know Bruce Bochy, regardless of wanting to win the game, and it's not like putting Todd Frazier in there lessens <laughs> the right. team, but you know he also I think he also has an appreciation for what it would mean to the hometown fans to see uh, Todd Frazier. It's not you know, and, and this isn't in a case like in 1988 when we all wanted to see Chris Sabo come out there and play third base, and he was really kind of the third third baseman on the roster. Uh, Frazier really is, like you said, deserving of playing in the game um, and uh, obviously deserving of starting. I mean, there really is only one other third baseman in, in the league and that, uh, that would even be competitive in terms of like the debate of who's having the best season at third base, and that's Nolan Arenado, who finished fourth in the voting behind Chris Bryant and Matt Carpenter. So, uh, Good job, Todd Frazier. You know, you're one of the few bright spots on the offensive side this year, so uh, you know, very happy for him. And uh, very happy to see. Actually, uh, you know, there were there were how many red? There were uh, Joey Votto finished second at first base. Um, Brandon Phillips finished third in the voting uh, at second base. Zach Cozart actually finished fourth in the voting at shortstop. Um, and even you know Jay Bruce and Billy Hamilton were in the top eight in the outfield. So you know Reds fans really came out and supported their own. Uh, a good thing to see. Yeah, you know, and, and those guys sort of were riding Todd Frazier's coattails, no doubt, but really good to see that happening. Let me, I want to talk more about why Frazier deserved uh, that third base nod in just a moment. I think you're right, Nolan Arenado, although uh, Chris Bryant's had a pretty good season as a rookie as well, but um, you mentioned that 1988 All-Star game. Can I just vent a little bit? Uh-huh, go for it. I, I have a long history of complaining and whining about things on this podcast, so <laughs> you're just going to have to endure it again. You know, I'm a teenager in 88, I'm watching this All-Star game, and I'm just, uh, you know, as teenagers are wont to do, I guess most teenagers are, uh, you know, sort of get uh, enthralled with other things other than Reds baseball, but I was, Chris Sabo was my guy at that time, and I, I wanted so bad to see him play, and Whitey Herzog was the manager, the Cardinals manager. This this is where my hate of the <laughs> really started to really just, uh, you know, uh, become something that was going to stick with me the rest of my life, uh, you know. Sabo pinched runs, and he gets a stolen base, and it's fun, and it's exciting, whatever. He can't do anything more than pinch run Whitey Herzog. Put him in the game. Let him hit. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I think you were fine. I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. Um, you know, I, uh, as, a, as a hometown fan, you kind of want to see your guys. That, you, don't, you don't necessarily want to see them play the whole game, but you want to see them get that opportunity to kind of do something cool. And I do, I very well remember that moment of Chris Sabo being in the game. And uh, I, too, was a teenager, and I, too, thought that it was pretty cool uh, that he got to steal a base, but really, you know, was a little disappointed that he didn't get to do more. Does it say something about me, and I don't want to know what it says about me, but does it say something about me that 17 years later I'm still upset about this? Uh, you know what, it doesn't, I'm not sure that it says uh, that much, except that, um, you know, you maybe hold grudges a little long. <laughs> way, way too long. Waddy Herzog, you'll never be a guest on Red Leg Nation Radio. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, one cool thing about Todd Frazier is that he's only the second Reds player ever to have uh, 50 extra base hits at the All-Star break, and he's actually got a week to do it, or a week to pass uh, Johnny Bench, who had 54 in 1970. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, Todd... It is. You know, I mean, we've got to pick at little things. Um, and that's... <laughs> one, one reason why I told Chad that I would like to host this week is because... Um, 
you know, because of my job as statistician uh, for the TV broadcast, I I tend to um, have a little more of a media perspective. Even though uh, I'm totally still just a fan, uh, but I do, you know, I, I hear things differently or I see things differently because I'm either down at the ball, ballpark all the time or because I'm having conversations with people who have had. I'm having secondhand conversations uh, rather than just reading about uh, stuff. And I wanted to ask Chad a few questions about um, just being kind of a pure fan and uh, where you feel like as a fan, um, and, and not and you don't have to be analytical about it, uh, just as a fan, where you feel like uh, the team should be, uh, how you feel about where they are, and do you feel like it's going to be worth it to be a fan um, over the next three to five years uh, if they don't do something uh, one way or the other to change things. Wow, that's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to—I want you to be honest because you know we, I think um, sometimes we get a little too wrapped up in trying to say sound smart and sound uh, intelligent about how we look at the game. I want you to like dig deep down into the essence of being a fan and tell me what you think on that. I'll try. You know, I am I am a fan. I don't know if I'm the pure fan that you just talked about, but I am a fan and um and I I from the time that I started writing started that I opened up Red Leg Nation over a decade ago, uh, my whole goal has been just hey, you know, I'm a fan. That's my perspective and here's the way I see things. I've got no insider perspective. And as a fan, I'm really nervous about the next few weeks to be honest with you. Uh, I think that I'm, I'm concerned with what I'm seeing from the organization. Again, with no insider knowledge, I think that the Reds, there are two ways they really could go here. I think they could go all in on what we would a lot of people call a fire sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they do that, again, I think that it's going to be heavily dependent on how they conduct that. And I'm not particularly excited about Walt Jockety conducting that fire sale, although he's had some success uh, in uh, his trades with the Reds uh, so far. I guess if you want to look back at the Latos and, uh, well, you know, the Alfredo Simon deal. I mean, there are some some, some deals where you can see that he's maybe helped uh, the Reds, uh, what I would call the future, I guess, for the Reds. Mm -hmm. But I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I don't like dealing away Johnny Cueto. I know why they have to do it. I wish they didn't, because as a fan... I love Johnny Cueto. Mm-hmm. Love watching that guy pitch. I want him to be a Red for the next, uh, you know, seven years. Uh, is is he going to be worth it to the Reds? What it's going to cost to sign him? Probably not. When you consider what uh, percentage of the budget he's going to take up, and the, the fact that he's had injury issues in the past and even this season, I, it's probably the smart move to deal him. It's the smart move to deal Chapman. I would deal Chapman. I would have dealt Chapman two years ago if they weren't going to start him. Uh, so. I guess the, I guess the other way is they may, may, maybe they decide to sign Cueto long term and go all in and maybe even be buyers at the deadline. All right, let me or, let me pose this to you. Let me pose this, okay. a, a scenario to you, and I want to see how you respond to it. All right, let's say they trade Cueto, and in and in the return they get somebody. Um, we'll we'll say a uh, a bat. Let's say uh, I, I'm trying to think of where a good position would be. Uh, let's say a um, a decent left field prospect, for instance. Sounds good. All right, so they trade Cueto. They get a decent left field prospect who's probably got 
um, let's say two years before he, you know, it won't be 2016, but it'll be on the opening day roster in 2017. He's got star potential, but, you know, some rough edges. Okay. Okay. And then, you know, whatever, they get maybe another relief prospect or something like that. I mean, I, I don't... I'm not. I'm, the point is not to try to judge what what Johnny Cueto's value is. Say they also trade Araldus Chapman, and in for in the Chapman deal, they get um, a couple of really live pitching arms. All right. Okay. Um, both of whom, you know, comes out. Uh, Keith Law says that day. Well, these guys are going to end up in the bullpen, uh, but he also feels like they're going to be very good, very good relievers. You know. Right. Um, they don't trade any anybody else. All right. Uh, they don't sign Mike Leake in the off season. Um, are you are they in position? From your perspective, do you think they're in position then to be uh, competitive any time that would make you happy? Probably. You know, again, and we're talking from the perspective of a fan. Mm-hmm. And as a yeah. fan, I am sometimes can be. Uh, accused of being overly optimistic about uh, what I hope the, is going to happen with the Reds. For example, my opening day predictions every year, I go way overboard uh, because I think I want the Reds to do well. I can talk myself into th- seeing how that helps the Reds, say, in 2017 and 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you if you think, well, you know, the Reds aren't going to be able to sign Cueto anyway. If they can get a guy that might be st- a, a starter on the next good Reds team, that's the way I look at mm-hmm. it. This guy going to be a contributor on the next good Reds team, the next playoff Reds team. Uh, I can live with that. Um, if you give me two live arms for Chapman, I'd probably take it because what good's Chapman doing us, frankly, right mm-hmm. now is, is the way I look at it. Um, I would hope you can get uh, – Yeah, I don't, I don't know what his value is in the upper market. Maybe you can steal some, uh, some really good prospect for Chapman right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I can talk myself into believing that is the best thing for the Reds. But, you know, if you flip that around – and say, let's sign Cueto to a four-year deal or whatever he's going to demand. Um, I can talk myself into believing that too because I love watching Johnny Cueto pitch. Right. You know, and he's a great pitcher and he plays for my team. Mm-hmm. Um, even if that may not be the best thing for the next uh, five years, the Reds. I think the best thing probably is, as much as I hate to say it, probably to deal him and see what. You, probably the best thing would have been to deal him in the offseason. Yeah. Truth be told, or even before uh, when we could get a little bit more of a return, but. So you would be fine if the only two deals they made were um, Cueto and Chapman and uh, essentially – I mean, do you, okay, here's a question for you. Do you feel like um, – what do you feel like the team needs to get back in return if say if they did deal those two guys? Now, do you – I don't – I'm not talking specific players or anything like that. Where do you feel like the Reds need to uh, direct their – their energies. Okay, if I'm running the team, mm-hmm. everyone listening to this podcast needs to thank their lucky stars that I'm not running the team because I'm an idiot. But if I'm running the team, the, the places that to me are the biggest concerns would, over the next you know three, four years are going to be left field, mm-hmm. unless you think Jesse Winker can fit in there. He might. He's hitting great for the last month and a half uh, in double A, I guess. Um, and second base. To me, those are the two places I'm most concerned about. Mm-hmm. And so... And, of course, obviously you always need pitching. Uh, a bullpen I'm not that concerned about. I feel like you can uh, sort of craft a bullpen out of spare parts you can find everywhere, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about that. But uh, teams can have crafted good bullpens without spending much money. 
So to me, I'm looking for uh, middle infielders, second base shortstop, although I, I love uh, Eugenio Suarez. Mostly I love seeing his name. Mm-hmm. His defense has not been great. He's hit well since coming up to Cincinnati. But I think he's, I think he's a, a long-term piece. Uh, so I, I want a middle infielder. I want a left fielder. Uh, the Reds know more than I do about whether Jesse Winker's that guy for left field. Uh-huh. Uh, but I see no prospects for middle infield other than Suarez. Well, here's my feeling on Jesse Winker. Uh, Jesse Winker and Jay Bruce are probably only going to play one year together at the most. So even if you think Jesse Winker is the left fielder of the future, you probably need somebody to replace Jay Bruce then. Still need another outfielder. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah, so... Um, either way, either either way, you think if you think uh, Jesse Winker's the future of your outfield, uh, you probably still need to get somebody else. I mean, I know Kyle Waldrop's had uh, a decent minor league career, but um, you know, and he may be that guy. Uh, but I'm thinking if you have a chance to get somebody who can turn into um, you know another great bat and I'm not I'm not completely sure Waldrop's that guy uh, if you have somebody that can turn into that uh, or you can acquire somebody I think that's the direction you should go so I agree with you on that yeah I think if, I think really in some ways regardless of the position if you can get a good a really good bat somebody that's going to be a, a really good bat over the next uh, three or four years I think that should be your number one uh, you know if, if you're Walt Jockety if you can if you can get that I think that should be what you're driving for yeah and not, for, not that our pitching, pitching staff's in great shape, but I, you know I, there are some pieces that I think you can put together a decent little rotation over the next few years. That we've seen some of them this year yeah. with the Reds, yeah. and so I'm I'm less concerned about the rotation than I thought I would be. Yeah, Wade's absence. I'm I'm optimistic about a rotation that's kind of that's built around uh, around Stevenson and Lorenzen and Iglesias and Bailey. I'm I'm optimistic about that kind of a rotation. Um, Di Scalfani uh, and Di Scalfani, yeah. I mean, it, and, and realistically, if you know, if guys are pitching, you know, up to you know some level of their, you know, their seventy-five, eighty percent of their potential or whatever, uh, Di Scalfani may be the number five there. And if Di Scalfani is your number five, I think you're sitting pretty well. It's kind of like when Michael yeah, was your number right. five. I mean, it's you know, I don't think, I and mean, I think Di Scalfani may be a tick better than Mike Leak was. Uh, you know, at their peaks, but um, you know, I think he. Well, we probably also don't have a Cueto at the top of that. Exactly, exactly, and I, you know, I. That's the downside of it. You don't have a Cueto. You don't have a Latos in there. I think you know, and I said this on the last podcast. I think Lorenzen has that potential um, because he's so. Uh, he's so young as a pitcher. You know, he's still. Um, you know, he's learning. Uh, Jim Day had a quote from him yesterday or Friday where uh, he asked him what he feels like he's learning. And he's like, I'm not even sure what I'm learning yet because everything's so new to me still. Um, so, uh, you know, that's the fact that Lorenzen is having success already uh, and has this potential to kind of develop more uh, is very positive. So I think I. I um, if I'm, you know, if, and I know I'm the host, and I'm not supposed to be doing all this analysis, but uh, <laughs> if I'm, it. if I'm, you know, being honest or realistic, um, you know, Stevenson's got ace potential, but you know, he's so, you know, he he he's still got to turn that corner. Right. You, exactly. you really can't talk about him being an ace eventually until he starts coming up to the majors and having some level of success. 
Until he does. Um, you know, I think uh, um, I think uh, Lorenzen. I think I look at him and I think he's got ace potential. Whether he can put it together, that's a whole other thing. But he's got that potential there. And based on what the success that I've seen, once he learns to to really pitch, um, you know, he could be he could be a pretty tough pitcher to uh, you know to face on a regular basis. And I'm I'm not saying he's going to be the next Johnny Cueto. That's not fair to do to anybody. Uh, but you know he's got that potential to kind of be that front line starter, and I like that. I like to watch him pitch. Yeah, he, he has the tools. I mean, we don't know whether he's going to get there, but he has the tools. And and the thing I like about Lorenzen is, man, this kid has just learned how to pitch. He's not pitched a lot in his uh, career. You know, he played a lot of. Uh, I guess he was a center fielder, I think, in college. Mm-hmm. He was just a reliever. He was a reliever. He was a closer in college. They brought him in out of center field and say, hey, come in and get, him, get a couple guys out. So all he was doing then was just throwing it as hard as he could. So, right. So he's just learning, mm-hmm. he, you know, uh, and, uh, and, and clearly a boatload of talent. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think I'm, I'm with you. I think if Stevenson can, I'm not predicting that he will. He's got all the tools. But if he can become sort of the ace type guy, uh, you're looking at a staff that's got five guys who – you know, we're, and we've not even talked about Tony Singrani, who you know they say they're going to start him some, stretch him out, maybe let him start some of the rest of this year. I don't know if he's going to ever be a starter, but there are some guys that you could put together a decent rotation. The guy I like is uh, a guy who is in a single A at Daytona, uh, Nick Howard, who has a 7.13 ERA. Mm-hmm. Reds, Reds number one draft pick last year. He went to college at the University of Virginia. So, you, so you're a little biased on him then. Let me talk a little about the University of Virginia. You mean the national? Two thousand. Go say it. I want to hear it. The na- the national champion University of Virginia. The national champion University of Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, but Nick Howard, uh, he's not done uh, well this year in his first full year in the, in the minor league. He was the resident one pick last year, but he's a guy who was a reliever in college as well. Who they're try- they've tried to convert into a starter and mixed results so far. But, but here's I, here's one. I, I'm sorry. I just let me just say I just wanted to I just wanted to talk about UV. I, I didn't really want to talk. No, about but well, I want to. <laughs> the Red, the Reds kind of get criticized a little bit online about this trying to convert relievers into starters. And here's one thing I want to say about that. If a guy is trying to be a starter in the minors, then he's focused on developing more pitches, and. Uh, if he ends up going back to the bullpen, having three pitches instead of two can be much more, you know, it, it can be so valuable to a pitcher. I mean, look at how much more dominant Eraldis Chapman became last year once he got that uh, change up in there. And he doesn't use it that often, but having it there really makes a difference for him. And so, um, you know, I think that's a, uh, I, I appreciate the strategy that they're doing. Uh, in trying this out with some of these, with certain pitchers, trying to convert them into starters, because the fallback is putting them in the bullpen, and if that's what happens, you know, it's better than at least you've tried and failed, rather than you know, and failed in the minors, rather than you know, just not tried at all. <coughs> for all this chat, that, exactly. That was that was my number one argument for converting Aralis to the to the starting rotation. You know, if it doesn't work. Darn, you worked on other pitches, and you can put him back in the bullpen where he is now. You know, but the upside of it, if it did work, is that you got a, a front line starter, uh, a left handed flamethrower. But nobody listened to me in the Reds organization, um, for which I cry myself to sleep every night. But yeah, you're right. I don't have any problem with. I, I'm all for criticizing the Reds, but that's not one reason to criticize the Reds trying to uh, convert these relievers mm-hmm. to start. And, and, uh, and in Lorenzen's case, it's really looking like it may. 
it may work out. I hope it does in Nick Howard's case as well, last year's first-round pick. We'll see. But uh, but either way, University of Virginia, <laughs> national champions. <laughs> okay, well, since you've gotten us sidetracked anyway, let's talk about a little bit about the um, all-star festivities that are coming up. Uh, let's do that. You know, uh, both Chad and I, as I recall, you're doing the whole shebang, right? I mean, you're going to hit Fan Fest, and you're going to hit the Futures game, and you're going to hit everything. Everything except for the All-Star. I don't think I'm going to make it to the actual All-Star. Come on, you don't have billions of dollars just floating out of your ears? <laughs> Somebody wants to float me some tickets for me and my family. I could probably swing it for just me, but I've got uh, my entire family that's uh, tagging along with me all weekend to the home run derby and everything, and my son would never forgive me if I didn't take him. If I went to the All-Star game, I didn't take him. Yeah, I'm doing everything but the All-Star game. You're going to be walking around, and you're going to see somebody scalping one ticket, and you're going to be like, see ya, son. <laughs> yeah, and I'll never live it down for the rest of my life. All right, so um, the the uh, fan fest starts on Friday. Do you know what day you're going to that yet? I I'm not sure yet. Uh, probably uh, maybe more than once actually, depending. Yeah. But uh, but uh, probably Monday. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured I haven't figured out when I'm going yet. My uh, I was actually talking it over with my wife at dinner today. We think we're going to go Sunday, perhaps before the futures game, but. I haven't even. I'm not sure what time the futures game is at. So, do you know that one? I'm not sure either. But we thought about maybe doing Sunday as well. But my my daughter's got a softball tournament Saturday. Oh my so goodness! Sure. I know if they if they make it to late in the day into the championship, then we may get a late start getting up there. So, um, but if not, if if they lose early, mm-hmm. and I'm their I'm their coach, so they probably will lose early. Uh, then we'll probably we may go Sunday as well. So. All right, so here's my question for you. You're, you're going to the Home Run Derby. Uh, I, too, am going to the Home Run Derby with my son, uh, who is looking really looking forward to it. Uh, should I buy a Todd Frazier jersey before the Home Run Derby? Well, I don't think there's even a question there. Obviously, you should. <laughs> because right now I have three jerseys, uh, and I, like, I, never, I never buy uh, – Reds stuff that has players' names on it because I'm yeah, I don't I'm an old guy. But in 2010, I got all wrapped up in the excitement. So I have a Joey Votto one, I have a Scott Rowland one, and I have a Johnny Cueto one. Uh, and I, I was weak that year. I've <laughs> I I mean I have other red shirts, but those are the only ones that have players' names on it. Besides my my uh, world famous John Kutlangas jersey that I bought for twenty five dollars at Reds Fest. Um, worth every penny. worth every, worth every and, single penny. and I am actually quite certain that I'm going to pull that out at some point during the All Star weekend. I may actually wear that to the All Star game, just in honor Please of the do. Cooter. Um, <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, I've been debating because my son has a Todd Frazier jersey, and I thought, you know, it might be kind of cool for Dad and son to have their Frazier jerseys at an individual event like the ho- Home Run Derby. Now, I wouldn't, you know, if it was a real game, I'd feel a little weird because, you know, I like all the guys. But I think it's cool to be a homer at the Home Run Derby. So, Oh, a quote-unquote homer yes. at the Home Run Derby. I love it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you definitely need to do that. Uh, my son doesn't have a Frazier jersey. I may have to get him a jersey. I may have to get him one of those. He's got Votto, and he's got Bruce, and he's got his favorite player, by far his favorite player, Brandon Phillips. Yeah. Brandon Phillips is probably not going to be in the home run derby. Is he? I, I I don't see any in, any indication that he would. Uh, the 340 slugging percentage would probably preclude him from being selected. No, don't, don't, I'm not. Don't criticize BP. My son may be listening. I'm, I that that isn't a criticism of him. I mean, you know what? 
real quick, I will say this. Brandon Phillips has had a fine season for a guy that has. has lost his power. And, you know, that's not an easy thing to do as a player. Um, you know, he's definitely adjusted his game. Uh, he's hitting, you know, line drives and stuff. So I'm not – don't take my, my 340 on base or slugging percentage crack as being anything more than just pointing out a fact. No, I, I'm with you, uh, and, and we've sort of criticized uh, BP on this uh, podcast over the years many, many times, but uh, he, he's, I have no issues with, with Brandon Phillips this year, frankly. His defense has been good. Um, my son would not let me criticize him at all. He's a, my son plays second base on his team, and he wears number four. And uh, Although I will say that I just their season ended yesterday, my son's team, and, and – you know, his on-base percentage for the season, that my, his coach just texted me a little while ago, 525. Not, not, not bad. That's getting it done. That's almost <laughs> as good as the Brewers was this weekend. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> and, not quite. And I should correct myself. It's 370, not, three, not 340. His slugging percentage is 370. 340, is, <laughs> you know, that's, that's um, Brian Pena, actually. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sorry. But, you know, and when I said a moment ago that I think the second base or middle infield is one of the places where he's looking, it wasn't a criticism about what Phillips has done this year. No, he just doesn't have – I can live with it. Yeah. He's not – Next three or four years? Well, I mean, he's only got two years left on his deal, too. So, I mean, it's – if you're thinking about the future, if you're thinking about what your needs are going to be in 2017 and 2018 and beyond that, uh, you know, trying to get – if you've got a chance to get a frontline middle infielder, do it. But especially because, you know – Good, good middle infielders. If you're a big enough, good enough athlete to play shortstop or second base, you're probably a good enough athlete to play uh, an outfield position too. No doubt, no doubt. As Billy Hamilton has shown us. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but yeah, get get a Frazier jersey. I'm I'm with you on that one. I'm probably not going to get one. My son, I'm going to get one for my son though. <laughs> I like that. Uh, you should get one. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, but you should get one. I've got listen. I've got every Reds uniform mm-hmm. or jersey, every Reds uh, batting practice jersey they've had for the last several years, but none of them have a name on the back. I just uh, you know I don't know. I haven't done that, but uh, but I may get one for for my son, um, and I may get one. My daughter, the only one she wants every year is uh, she says Todd Frazier's her favorite player, but every time we uh, she asks for a jersey, she asks for Aroldis Chapman. Yeah. So she's going to be wearing her Chapman when when we're there. So okay, so here's the question. Two, I got two questions, and then we'll close this out. Let's hear it, Mr. Host. Number one, uh, who are you looking forward to seeing in the home run derby besides Todd Frazier? Well, I don't know who's going to be in it yet. The guy was well, really, I know. really I know. That's the point. We don't know who's going to be in it. So who would guy, you like to see in it? Sure. The guy I was really, really, really looking forward to. And I, it really it almost brings you to tears that, that he's not going to be there is Giancarlo Stan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to see that guy so bad. So I guess, you know, I guess the guy is Bryce Harper? And Bryce, and Bryce fact, Harper going to be in it? Yeah, Bryce Harper told told the press today that he didn't think he was going to do it. No! <laughs> see, that doesn't, that doesn't help me any. Um, gosh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Bryce Harper, i got to admit. What about, let me see here. You know who what I want to see? Who, who, do you who want who's kind of off the radar maybe a little bit is Jock Todd Frazier? Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson, yes. Because Jock Peterson, outside of Giancarlo Stanton, Jock Peterson hits more long home runs than anybody in baseball outside of Giancarlo Stanton. So if you can't get Stanton, then I hope they put Peterson in it because the boy can hit the ball far. And I've never seen him play. 
because the Dodgers haven't come to town yet. Well, you know, the guys I would say, if if Harper and Stanton aren't there, uh, the guys I'd obviously are, are Trout. I don't know that Trout would be in it, but uh, Mike Trout is mm-hmm. just uh, a, a freak of nature. And Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know that yeah. Paul Goldschmidt's ever been in the Home Run Derby, but he's sort of a, a guy that nobody understands is a really, really good hitter. Yeah. And I'd like to see him get the get some some sort of publicity. I, I like I love watching that guy play. Uh-huh. He's he's a lot like Joey Votto was in 2010. He was he, he was a great player that people were just learning about um, for the most part. I mean, I think diehard baseball fans you know know about Paul Goldschmidt and have for a couple of years. I mean, he missed part of last year with a broken hand or a broken wrist. I'm not sure what it was, but um, you know. The fact that uh, he's having such a great season, I think it. W- I, I agree with you. I think it would be good for him to come out there and finish second to Todd Frazier. That man, that'd be perfect. But really, truth be told, the guy I'd really love to see is the guy that's got 17 home runs this year. I don't think I don't think he'll make it to the All Star game this year. But if Edwin Encarnacion, I'm the only guy in Cincinnati that was a big Edwin Encarnacion. No, fan you are not. Yeah, I know, but I, sometimes I feel like. <laughs> no, that would um, that would be good. No, I, I, I agree. Would love to see Granasio. And, and what would be even more awesome is if he did the parrot run while he went <laughs> for no reason. Exactly. Like he hit one and he didn't care. He just did the parrot run. <laughs> oh, dare to dream! All right. So my 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 last question, my uh, uh, going away question. We're not gonna we're not gonna worry about the Reds anymore. Uh, is about the All Star Game, the actual game, and I know you're not going unless somebody drops tickets on the ground and you pick them up and don't tell them that they dropped them. Four tickets. If anybody's got four um, tickets, let me... <laughs> feel free to feel free to drop them anywhere around the city of Cincinnati, and Chad will sniff them out. Um, what are you looking forward to seeing? What what? Give me a prediction on what the coolest moment of the All Star Game is going to be. One of the things this year that's really sort of amazed me is that you know until sometime early this season, Bryce Harper had never faced a pitcher that was younger than him in mm-hmm. major league. I'm looking, and maybe I shouldn't like Bryce Harper. He seems like a little bit of a sort of prima donna. I don't know. Everybody seems to hate him, uh, but I love watching that guy play. I'm looking forward to Bryce Harper just sort of uh, coming out on a national stage and being Bryce Harper. I mean, this guy has put up, according to Fansgraph, 5.4 uh, wins above replacement this year up to this point. I mean, this guy is amazing. And, uh, you know, if you haven't noticed, he's a young guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm looking forward to him sort of coming out and on a national stage showing uh, what he can do because that guy just blows me away. Uh, I would also love to see Johnny Qu- – I don't know how it's going to work out. Really, my, my, my biggest uh, dream would be – Johnny Cueto get the start in a Reds uniform. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me note that, but uh, and 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 get the start and pitch well, and that may may or may not be a swan song as a Red, but as much as I've loved watching Johnny Cueto pitch over the last few years, it seems to me like that would be a great way to watch him go out. Unfortunately, as the schedule falls right now, Cueto would be pitching next Sunday, and well, by rule, be a right now. by rule, he would not even be allowed to pitch in the All Star game at any point, whether he started or not, you know, as a starter or not. Um, I know, I know, no, no, I know. no, 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 no. You asked me to dream. No, no, I'm saying, you know, as that is right now, I have to think that that Mr. Castellini is nudging, nudging Brian Price to say, you know what, 
Let's go ahead and bump his start and not have him start on Sunday. I have to, you know, just because, and I don't, to be honest, I do not think that Johnny Cueto would start. Max Scherzer is just having too incredible of a year right now. And, and it, in terms of who has earned that start, if we're just basing it off of a half, in fact, I mean, it's not really even a half season. Max Scherzer's been a great pitcher for a few years now. But uh, I think it'll end up being Scherzer who will get the start. I don't know when his last outing will be before the game. But um, it would be nice, though, to be able to see Johnny Cueto come in there one time, one more time in a Reds uniform uh, in the All-Star game and uh, see, what, you know, just to – you know, give the fans a chance to give him a thank you on a national stage. I think that would be a great moment. Well, my thing is, in some years, I would be like, are you kidding? You'd be willing to give up a a regular season game that Cueto could pitch in order to let him pitch in the All-Star game? The Reds are going nowhere this Mm -hmm. year. Okay, whatever. Man, I would would love, love to see him start that All-Star game. And if they trade him, that'd be the send-off. Yeah, I I just – that's that's sort of my dream scenario of the All Star game. I don't think it'll happen. I right. like you. Scherzer's sure, been amazing. Uh, Cueto is scheduled to start on Sunday, so we'll be able to pitch. But still, that's that's my dream scenario. Mm-hmm. Personally, I'm looking forward to seeing Mike Trout. Um, my actually Mike Trout versus Bryce Harper, and I think that's going to be the one of the big build ups. Uh, nationally outside of Pete Rose. Um, I think that's going to be one of the big ups during the broadcast is going to be this Mike Trout versus uh, Bryce Harper. And and I hope, I hope one of them steals a hit, robs a hit from the other one uh, or, you know, or back and forth or whatever. Cause those kind of moments to me, those are the most fun when they kind of give each other a look and, you know, mentally flip each other off and that kind of stuff. I think that kind of stuff is fun. So that's what I'm looking forward to be outside of, you know, the, the, the potential moment of, um, you know, if there would be a chill inducing moment for, as a Reds fan, it would be that one chance to say thank you to Johnny Cueto, uh, on national TV, I think that would be pretty awesome. I hope he. I think it would. I hope he gets picked for the team, and even if it's just a, uh, you know, to tip his cap and let the fans applaud him on the while he stands on the foul line, I think that would be awesome. I agree. I agree one hundred percent, and I hope that happens. And, and with respect to Trout and Harper, please, I love those guys. Those are uh, you know, I love watching those guys play as much as anyone in baseball that that doesn't wear uh, a Reds uniform. But and you know, uh, speaking of young guys, you know who's having a pretty awesome season is Manny Machado too. So you know that's I'm guessing he's going to get selected as a as a reserve. So, you know, you're going to have a few 20, 22, or 22, 23-year-old guys out there uh, on the field, and that's always fun. It's always fun to have some youth in the game uh, and showing you know, showing how things can be done. Absolutely. Glad to see Machado sort of bouncing back this season, having a great, 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 great mm-hmm. year. So, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, you know, uh, baseball, hey, it's fun. You know, got some young guys that are going to take the place of some of these old guys that are there. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful sport, am I right? Yeah, and you wouldn't know it from this weekend in Cincinnati, but it is fun to watch baseball. Well, that's yeah, we pretty much. <laughs> we did a we did a whole podcast there, Joel, and we really didn't talk about <laughs> what happened this barely... with the Reds. So you're a great host. Good work. <laughs> that's gonna do it for this uh, this podcast of uh, you know Red Lake Nation Radio. Uh, I'm your host this week, Joel Luckup. And uh, I guess I'm supposed to tell you to subscribe. I don't know. Subscribe to iTunes. Is that how it goes? I don't. Sure. I don't use iTunes, so I don't know how that works. So you subscribe on iTunes uh, or Stitcher. I, I, can you get to it on Stitcher? I don't know. Uh, 
Yes, yes. but <laughs> okay. Um, or just use the RSS feed that's on the website. Uh, you, you know, whatever. Listen to it because it makes us feel like our lives aren't meaningless. Um, thank you, Chad Dotson, for allowing me to host this week, and uh, thank you all for listening. And please listen again if we ever do this again. So that's it. You can click the little button thingy, and we'll end this. <laughs>